Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. What I want to do today is I want to kind of come again and talk to the core of our faith, why we're doing what we're doing, to, to bring some adjustments in certain areas. Um, one of the things that I wanted to, to say was, um, in, and in line with how earth influences heaven, is that broadly, uh, my, my obedience to God opens heaven, but my, my disobedience closes it. What I mean by that is that the way I live, the choices that I make, what I do will either release the blessing of God or hinder the blessing of God in, in my life. And the, the reason I talk like that is because I think that too many, too many of us almost, we have like what I would call like a Santa Claus God. You know, where it's like, well, I just tell him what I want and he's going to drop it down the chimney of my life. You know, um, that, that, that God is there to look after me, protect me, give me what I want. When actually that's not, <laughs> that's not entirely true. Uh, and we'll, we'll look at that in a moment. But I, I started, and, and this scripture I talked about on Father's Day, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. But that was around something that Jesus did. Jesus came to John the Baptist. And uh, in, in, in Matthew 3, it says uh, he came to, be, to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Because, of course, John knew who Jesus was. And do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up from the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Now, I want to say that, 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 that Jesus, Jesus, as a man, was obedient to what his father wanted. And in that regard, it wasn't the baptism that opened heaven. It was his obedience that opened heaven. And, and then, and, and of course, God says, this is my beloved son. So Jesus opens heaven through what he did on earth. And so can we. If you think about it, even at the simplest, the simplest level in, in Romans, it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The point that I'm making is Jesus did everything that was necessary on the cross. However, to access that, to, 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 to uh, have that impact my life involves me making a decision. It means that if I'm going to receive what is available, that flows from a decision. I make on earth by what I do on, on earth. 
So it's what I, de- what I believe in my heart, what I declare with my mouth, that, that unlocks, unlocks something in heaven. So my obedience, my obedience unlocks the blessing of God. It's similar, uh, it's similar with um, what the Bible teaches about, about tithing. Now, if you're visiting or you don't normally go to church, what I mean by that is that we as followers of Jesus make a decision to give a portion of our income to God. It's, it's what the Bible, what God asks us of us. And it's, it's actually not about, it's not about the money. God's not poor. It's, it's what that act of obedience uh, releases in our life. And in fact, in that Malachi 3 scripture, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. In other words, once again, what I do on earth unlocks something in heaven that is way way beyond the money. And, and, and so there is a blessing. There is a blessing that is released. But I want to I wanna open your understanding to a new level that my obedience doesn't just release the blessing of God, but it, it, it allows my life to be influenced by another dimension. Um, so let me, let me put it this way. Um, you know, we, 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 are a, we are a church that believe in grace. You know, we don't just talk about it. We believe in the grace of God. We believe in forgiveness. We believe in tolerance. We believe in love. That, I mean, absolutely. Um, and, and that is really important. And it's only going to get increasingly important in the days ahead. However, any truth overemphasized becomes error. So when you overemphasize the message of grace, you, you actually leave people without boundaries. In other words, I can live how I want. I can do what I want. I can say what I want, but it's okay. God's got me. You know? And God has got you. And He does love you. And, and, and the amazing thing is that you, you can't do anything on, on this earth to, to, to shake off the love of God. That's never going to happen. But then at the same time, you can't just live how you want to and expect to access the same level of blessing. Because you, by your actions, move yourself away from the possibilities that God wants to make available to you. So what I'm saying is, we live in, a, we live in a, a day and age where there's a lot of options, where there's a lot of choices, there's a lot of, a lot of ideas, there's a lot of views. I, I want to say I don't believe in a pick and mix spirituality. What I mean is by that, you know, I'm not here to make God what I want Him to be. You know, sometimes you hear people say, oh, you know, my God wouldn't do that. Well, maybe, maybe your God wouldn't, but, but we're not following your God. We're following the God. I, he is the potter. I am the clay. I don't mold God into an image that I want him to be. He molds me. 
He shapes me. My life is to yield to him. I am to submit to him, knowing that he's going to love me and he's going to receive me. And I can't do anything to get him to love me more. Even when I'm the best behaved version of, of what I could ever be, he's not going to love me more. He loves me exactly the same because his love for me is not based on my performance. His love for me is consistent and constant. However, he knows that if I do certain things, then I am going to release the blessing of God. And, and that's, why, that's why, you know, there's not one of you here who would hopefully get yourself in a relationship where someone's saying to you, oh, I love you, baby. I love you. I love you. And then, and, and that's all they say, I love you. And then, and you know, they, they leave you on your own. They don't show you any courtesy. They, they, never, they never, you know, buy you a gift. They never do anything for you. It's, um, you're like, well, I'm hearing you say, I'm hearing you say you love me, but I ain't seeing much evidence of that. Well, it could be said, Sometimes with our relationship with God, it's not good enough just to keep saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. There's got to be action. There's got to be, there's got to be sub something substantial in my life that shows that I'm following Jesus. You know, um, years and years ago, they used to have uh, these cheesy um, postcard things, you know, that said if you were convicted for being a Christian, would there be no, sorry, would you, if you were to be arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence against you to convict you? And, and you know, that, because that is something that is happening beyond these walls. It's about the way, the way I live my life. So if I, I if I, if I'm choosing what the rules are, I'm going to miss out on the blessing that God intended. You know, it might be, Oh yeah, I, 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 um, I agree with tithing because you know that means that God's going to bless me. But maybe, maybe you're sleeping with your boyfriend. You tithe but you sleep with your boyfriend. Well, okay, you've chosen the bit that you want. Oh, is it okay to just talk real for a moment? I know, I know that you're thinking, well, we're in church. And I know exactly where we are. And I know that's why I'm saying it. So the point is that you can't pick the bit that you want. It's also, it would also be true that, you know, well, maybe you are tithing and maybe you're not sleeping uh, with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but maybe your heart is full of bitterness and unforgiveness. Well, that's not either the way God wants you to, to live. So I, th there is a way that I can live that will, that will draw the blessing of God. Otherwise, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss God's best. It's not, it's not just allowing myself to, to, to mold God into something that I find acceptable. Um, I yield, I yield to Him. So, the, the way I, the way I live my life here, the way I, the way, the decisions that I make will impact the kind of, of blessings I receive. I know it's a little bit off-piste, but there's a, there's a, um, a verse in First Peter where, um, and I've, I've chosen the, the Passion Translation for a reason. It says, husbands, you, turn, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness. And all the wives said, Amen. Amen. Viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honoured. Now, 
let me say, in, 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 in certain uh, versions, that, that actually, say, it doesn't say feminine. It says weaker. Okay? So I'm not avoiding that. I think that this version gives a, a, a better understanding. To be clear, we don't believe, and it, firstly, it, it, it says maybe weaker, but it's talking about physically. Because um, if you just hold on, it says, uh, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored for they are co-heirs. They are equal. When it comes to the kingdom of God, you are equal. So ladies, just breathe a sigh of relief. It's okay. We've got you. We believe that men and women are co-heirs in the kingdom and, and, and that, that it is only referring to, in this instance, it said may be weaker uh, physically. Um, but the point that I'm actually going for is in addressing the husbands, Peter is saying, if you don't treat your wives with tender, tenderness, uh, essentially your prayers are going to be hindered. He's, he's saying because you've got to recognize these women for who they are so that nothing will hinder your prayers recognize the, the, the ladies of who they are in God so that nothing will hinder your prayers. The point that I'm making is your prayers can be hindered. You might be able to come up with the fanciest prayers in the world. You might be able to come up with, with the, the kind of prayers that seem like they're moving heaven. But God says, hey, you know what? You don't treat your wife right. And if you don't treat your wife right, then, then your prayers can be hindered. So there are things... There are things that I can do on earth that can either release the blessing of God or hinder, hinder the, rest in, the, the blessing of God. Are you with me? Good. So I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to kind of a little bit reverse engineer and, and, and kind of get us to a place again of understanding who we are in Christ and what we are part of. Because it can't be it can't be. And you see, I've just hit that point where I can't stay sitting on the stool anymore. I've just, I've just hit that point. I did so well, and I want you to judge me on what I have done, not on what I haven't done. But the point that I want to make is we can't just be living uh, uh, as everybody else. Actually, that's not entirely true. We can be just living as everyone else, and then we go to church. But the only difference between me and, and, and somebody in the street shouldn't be that I go to church. You know, there is, there, is, there, is, there is so much more, so much more than that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. They are a new creation. The old things have passed away. The new things have come. A few of us have reinterpreted that scripture to say that I am a new improved version of what I was. And some old things have gone and some new things have come. But we're not just supposed to be a slightly improved version. Oh, I don't go there anymore. I don't do that anymore. I don't say that anymore. It's not, that's, just, that's just an improved version. The, 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 the gold standard is, I am a new creation. 
In other words, there is a power available that means my life is transformed. I'm not just trying harder to be a better person. There is a force released in my life to help me be the person that Jesus wants me to be. And I think that there are too many Christians who've accepted the theory, but they haven't, they've kind of settled rather for some low level reality. They know the theory, they know what could be or what should be, but they've settled for a low level reality. It's, it's, it's like, you're, you're, like I've said, used this illustration before, you're forever reading the menu, but you never taste the food or rarely taste the food. That, that is not what we're called to. It's, it, God has got something so much better for us than that. He wants us to access, access this, this power. I was reading um, this week, um, uh, you know, just one of the stuff, uh, one of the things I read, but there was a, a, a guy, a, a, it was just a headline about this um, homeless guy who been living on the streets for years and it turned out that he got thousands, hundreds of thousands in the bank. And, and yeah, he'd lived He'd lived as a homeless man. And he wasn't like, oh, he'd lived homeless and he didn't realise he was rich. He knew he was rich. But he'd lived as a poor, he'd opted for whatever reason to live as a poor person because it was easier just to, to stay on, on, on the streets. But I, I, th- I thought to myself, you know, too many of us who say we love Jesus, we, we, we know what's possible. We know, as it were, in our spiritual bank, we've got resources. We've got money, yet we opt to live on the streets. We opt to live in a, in a low-level poverty realm uh, with, with the minimum of what could be rather than embracing, making, making a demand upon what's possible. The money's there, but I've got, if I want it to bless my life, I've got, I've got to do something to access that blessing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's true with my faith. There are some things that I've got to do. Do I live? Do I live in spiritual poverty or do I live in a way that makes a demand on the resources that Jesus has made available? See, I, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good things about coming to church. You know, you 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 maybe find your church, you come here, we you know, you see Meet some nice people, hopefully, most of us are reasonably nice. Uh, you know, you can make friends, you can, you can make family. You know, you might be sat here thinking, well, nobody ever talks to me. Well, you know, the Bible says if you want friends, show yourself to be friendly. You know, there are pe- sometimes we've got to step out of our comfort zone and go and if we want to make friends, we've got, why don't, why, instead of waiting for someone to come and talk to you, you go and talk to someone. Anyway. I digress. The point, the point that I want to make is that there's a lot of good things. You can make friends. You can be in a community. Uh, you can come and sing a few songs. You know, feel good. A little bit of an upbeat song. A little bit of a jig. A little bit of a dance. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you can get a bit of a motivational message. Yeah, come on. Awesome. Yeah, high five. And then we... And, and, and to some, that will... That will be an improvement 
on, on your life. Maybe it will be something that is good. But I've got to say to you, though that not all of that is bad, it is in no way the fullness of what Jesus wanted us to experience. There is so, so much more. It's not, it's not just, you know, if I, I, I've used the term before about, you know, it's, 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 it's not like McDonald's Christianity. You drive through, you get your happy meal and you, you, get, you crack on. But you've got, you got, you got to drive through again next week because that didn't last. What you got didn't last. What we're talking about is not just something that will last the day and it wears off. We're talking about changes that will influence not only the way you live your life, but, but that, will, that will position your life for something that is so much bigger and so much better. We've talked about Jesus and, and John the Baptist, in Matthew 3, uh, John the Baptist said, I baptise you with the water of repentance, but after me, after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Speaking of Jesus, of course, says this, He, he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I, I want to say that I think it's quite easy to find church that has got stuck at baptism. Got stuck at the baptism of repentance. I mean, we agree with it. We've got a, a baptism class going on right now. We agree with it. But there is, there is another baptism. There is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a baptism of fire. That, that God, God wants us to live life at another level. There is, there is a level of power that we are meant to be accessing. Now, you know, the problem is when you talk about, when you talk about, you know, oh, well, we want to be fire filled. You know, it's like maybe you all know somebody you said, oh, they're really on fire, which basically means they talk a lot about Jesus and they're slightly weird. And I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking, I'm talking about the fact, though, that there is, that there is a fire. There's a momentum. There's a, a passion. There's a passion in my life. I'm not meant to be just living as I was in a slightly improved version. I'm also not talking about introvert versus extrovert. You know, oh, well, you know, we, it's all right for him or it's all right for her. She's just one of those outgoing personalities. You know, I'm not like that. I'm a bit quieter. I, it's, it's not really me. It's not really me. I don't know. I just like to be quiet. I don't know. That's just the way I am. And God loves me. Yeah, he does love you. But, but it's not about you being introvert or extrovert. Because I've said to you that God is, God is much less interested in your comfort than you are. Because he's going to challenge you. If he, had, he will ask you, introvert or extrovert, to do whatever. I've got to tell you, I've told you before, and some of you look at me like I'm crazy, but it's absolutely true. It's 100% true that I, I am an introvert. But, but, you see, you think I'm lying. I'm not lying. I'm in church. What are you saying? No. I, I, I am an introvert, but Jesus 
has impacted my life. I also have my preferences. Ask my wife. I've married an extrovert. She's crazy. It's all right. Jesus loves her. But, but she is out there. Can anyone offer me a lift home? Um, she's out there, you know, 100%. We go to a party. I can tell you now, I'm always the first that wants to leave. She's always the last that wants to leave. I have to give her a time. You know how you give the kids a time? We're leaving in 10 minutes. I did that just recently. I said, listen, we're leaving in 10 minutes. Go and tell your mother we're leaving in 10 minutes. So, but, but that is, so that is, that is a personality, that is a personality thing. But Jesus gives us a power in our life that is beyond our personality. I might prefer, in my ordinary everyday life, I might have my preferences, but, but because Jesus is Lord of my life, because, because I belong to Him, I'm not here to outwork my preferences. I'm here to outwork His preferences. Can you say amen? So it's not about, what I, what I, there is a fire that is available to us that will enable us to live life at a level that we would not ordinarily have been able to live at. And that is what the Holy Spirit allows us to do. The gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is about living life at another level. Oh my God. Oh, it's not just about being a nice person and going to church. Those things help, but it ain't it. It's, 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 there, is, there is life, there is passion, there is, there is fire, there is living life at another level. That's what, that's what God, God, God sent His Son to die on a cross. He sent His Son to pay for our sin, not just so you could be a slightly nicer person. Not so that, you, oh yeah, I go to church now. I didn't go before, but now I do. It's lovely. It's really lovely. You come and see my church. It's lovely. Now, it, ah, it's so much more than that. We are missing out if we reduce the gospel to that. If you've been around us for any time, you will, you will know that, you know, we've talked about, wow, the ABC of wow, anointing, beauty, creativity, the wow factor. That God, God wants to do something in our lives that's so sensational that it's wow what He saved us from, but it's also wow what He saved us for. It's not all about what I've come from, it's what I've been saved for. In John 20, the Bible says that, I mean, this is, this is after Jesus has been crucified and he's, he's resurrected. It says, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Let me, let me say something. The Christians were locked away fearful. And... And the truth is, today, probably more than ever, it's, there's a lot to make us fearful because it seems like you can be anything but a Christian. It's like you, you, our, our views are, are, are not loved and yet are not tolerated, but, and yet, yet we believe that they are the most loving, hope-filled views. But there, there is an enemy at work who skews people's perceptions. But Jesus, Jesus came and stood in a room with a locked door. Why? Because He is, he is the door. He doesn't need a door because He is the door. 
But the reason he walked into a room with locked doors was because he was showing that through him, he gives us access. He is the doorway to another dimension. He is, he is the doorway to, to a not, not, not just another way of living, not just, oh, try this, but another dimension of power. Because I don't have the power on my own to be a better person. I'm going to fail. I need something operating in my life that's going to help me overcome the addictions, help me overcome the stuff that's seeking to bring me down. I need, I need something else other than willpower. I need God's power. The church was locked in because of fear, but, but Jesus came to show them another doorway, a doorway to another realm. Jesus walked into the room to show us that what would ordinarily be a limitation, what would ordinarily mean no, a, a, a no-go, is no longer. So there are things, there are things that you would consider limitations, natural limitations that Jesus is showing us through me, through what I did on the cross and through what I've done through the resurrection. Through me, there is the power to live in another dimension. There is the, the power to live without the, the limitations of that low level stuff. So let me, let me say it like this, that, that, that here is, is the stuff, the real stuff of our lives. This is the, the stuff in our families. It's the stuff in our marriages. It's stuff in our history. It's the stuff that, would, that, that, that seeks, to, seeks to bring us down. It's... It's, it's, it's the, the, the low level stuff because even though we love God, we have issues, right? Is that, do we have any, anyone who's real here? You know, yeah, we love Jesus, but I've still got issues. I've still got, I've got stuff I need to deal with in me and I've still got problems in my life. There are still bills that need paying. There is still uh, stuff that needs to be worked through. These are the real, the real issues of our life. And, and, and this is where, this is where um, where life would have us live. Everyone, this is not, whether you go to church, whether you go to church or you don't go to church, you have these kind of issues. They may not be the same, but we all have stuff, right? But the difference with the gospel, the difference with loving and following Jesus is that His intention for me is that I live at a different level. No, I'm not saying that that means, hallelujah, praise the Lord, click of the fingers, all that gets sorted out. But what changes is my perspective. Because God enables me to take another position so that, that there are some things that I was standing in the shadow of that now I have a different perspective. So the power of God gets me to see that issue from a different perspective. So that, that there, is a, there is a sense of empowerment because when I was in it, I feel overwhelmed. I'm in the fog of all the stuff of my life that needs to get sorted. But when I can find that place in, in God where I get to a different level, I, I can understand that through Him, I have a, a new level of authority. 
to speak over those situations. Now, if I left it there, I really would need to get a lift home because I gave my wife a little bit of a hint on what I was going to be talking because I'm just talking. We're just talking. We're not preaching. We're just talking. And, um, and she said, well, don't, don't just tell people what, they, you know, what is possible. Tell them what they need to do. So if I left you there, then I've, I've told you, you know, don't live here, live there. I'm missing, I'm missing out something. Yes, it's great. Yes, we know it's true because our hearts resonate with the truth. But, but how do I change this? Because there is this gravitational pull. That great prophet, John Mayer, said gravity... Gravity brings me down. But he also talked about living where the light is. And I want to say that, that if I just live down here saying, but you know, yeah, my life's a mess, but I love Jesus, hey. My life's a mess, but I go to church, hey. It's like, well, what, honestly, what difference is that? Is this, is really, is this it? Is this, is this that, that somehow... Going to church just makes this more bearable. Just make, it just injects me with a little bit of anesthetic. It just numbs me for a while. I've, I've still got my stuff. I want to I suggest to you that, that, that God has got something so much better than that. Because there over the years, there is some stuff that was handed to me from my previous generations. I'm a first generation Christian that I had to face, I had to deal with. The generations handed me stuff. I can't do anything about that. That was handed to me. I can only do something about what I, what I can going forward. And this is where, this is where Jesus gives, empowers us because He wants us to understand that no, I'm not meant to be here. I'm meant to be living in a place where I look down on those situations and say, hey, get situation. Nothing is impossible with God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Hey, work situation, I can do. All things, school situation, university situation. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That God, God gives me the power to look at my situation. Hey, health situation. Jesus, you are my healer. I, I, I speak to that stuff from a, from a position of authority, from an elevated position. But how do I get here? And this is what we need to understand that what I do, what I do will impact that. Because some of us want to just get from there to there and just say, okay, God, answer, answer it. But, but it, He's not a Santa Claus God. He's a relational God. We're not called to some distant God where He just drops things into our life. That's what, that's what, You've got, to, you've got to work through the steps. The steps aren't rules, they're relationship. So if I'm going to get from this fog of problems down here to the place that, that God wants me to get to, 
I've, I've got to understand there's stuff I need to do. I need to pray. I need to pray. I don't, it's not about praying anything fancy, but it's just talking to God. You don't have to use these and thous and fancy language. Just, just talk to God. Just, just, you are, in developing any relationship, you're going to talk. You've got to talk. And prayer is talking. The next step, the next step that I need to do, the next step I need to do to build relationship is worship. That is, that is, when we, when we gather, that is, that is an opportunity. It's not just when we gather, but it's a great opportunity. When we gather, we're not just singing songs. We're not, that's why we need to be present in the room because I'm using some words. I'm speaking some, I'm singing out some stuff over those situations down there. I'm saying, hey, I might have come into church down here, but I'm coming in and I'm believing God. I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm worshiping, I'm singing. I'm singing out the possibilities. I'm speaking to my problems. I'm saying, hey, you can't rule my life. You can't dictate to me who I am. You can't tell me who I'm becoming. You can't tell me who I, uh, where I'm going. Only God can do that. So it's prayer, it's worship, the Word of God. The Word of God. And I know you want something sexier than that. I know you want something easier than that. I know you want something simpler than that. It actually doesn't get simpler. You've just got to do it. Don't you find it interesting that in those three things, that it's so often the thing we don't, the things we don't feel like. Don't feel like praying. Don't feel like worshiping. I don't like sitting here. I wanted to sit over there, but they put me here. So I'm going to have an attitude now for the whole service because I'm not sitting where I wanted to sit. Okay, that's no one here in this service, but. So it's, it's, it's my opportunity to, to, to speak to my problems. The, the Word of God isn't just a motivational message. It's to give us, there's going to be something in there. Not even everything in there, but something in there. That's why, that's why I need to be reading the Word of God during the week. Because it's that that plows up the ground of my heart that allows my heart to receive the seed on a Sunday. So by, by, by praying, by worshipping through the Word of God, I may have come in down there, but I am, oh, I am standing I, gravity is not pulling me down. I, I, through prayer, worship, and the Word of God, I am rising above all that stuff that is trying to pull me down. And I am living life at another level. And as, as I speak out from this position, I'm, I'm going to come, I'm going to walk down here in with a different level of authority. I am not going to accept. Yes, I see this situation, but I don't accept that this is my future. I don't accept. I trust and believe God that God is going to God is going to open doors for me. God is going to make a way for me. That's what my life 
is not is not subject to another man or to another woman. My life is it belongs to God. He he is my king. He is my savior. He is the one who has authority over my life. I thank God that no matter what man says, through him and in the name of Jesus, I can rise up. I can overcome. I can stand firm. They said I wasn't going to make it, but in Jesus name, I'm going to You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.